by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, Oilers fans. That's it. That's the series. Yep. That's the ball game. That's the season. Um, thank you for being here for Zach and I's last game over Edmonton this uh, this season. Let's get the let's get the basic stuff out of the way first. Um, get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players. With competitive odds, the best live in play, and more ways than ever to get into the game, like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see now at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Yeah. And uh, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, we are raising money for Alphabet Sports Collective, Alphabet Sports Collective creates a safe and inclusive environment in hockey for folks of all sexual identities and gender expressions through education, community building, and mobilization. You can donate to Alphabet Sports Collective at www.alphabetsportscollective.com slash donate. And obviously, uh, we're, we're missing our third member of our, uh, of our podcast, Hearts Out to Avery, who is down at Roger's Place. Uh, that's it. This is the... The last show, Zach, how you, how you feeling? Oh, man. Coming to the playoffs, I truly, truly, truly believe the Edmonton Oilers could win the Stanley Cup. Obviously, it's a tough task. The playoffs are just such a wild beast. They're so different than the regular season in every single way, right? You can. It doesn't matter where you finish, how good your players are, where who you have in net, who you have on D, what their stats are in the regular season. When the, when the postseason starts, it's you get first to four wins every series and all the different crazy stuff happens. And the Oilers made it through LA. They fought through a really tough team in LA and they fell short against Vegas. And a lot of the same issues that happened in LA that they were able to scrape by, they weren't able to overcome against this Vegas team because, you know, they are the better team. This was the top two seeds in the West, the first seed Vegas Golden Knights, the second seed at Edmonton Oilers, right? This was a very tough task. I believe the Vegas Golden Knights are such a good team. Like, would anyone be shocked if they won the Stanley Cup? I don't think so. I think they're the best team left. Of the two in the East, I think they're significantly better. Um yeah. The Oilers, I mean, yeah, here, we. I don't know how you want to do this. So if you can let's talk about the game, what you thought, talk about the series, the shortcomings, whatever. But yeah, no, I got a, I got a ton of stuff to say, I think. So um, what do you think of tonight's game? What, what do you think? What happened? Yeah, let's, let's start with the game. I mean, it, it's a little opposite of how it normally went right this series usually Edmonton got the first goal and then either they just ran away with it or Vegas found the quick equalizer and uh that was it but in this one Vegas scored first it was a weird sort of board battle and the moment I saw that happen when Vegas just out muscled guys well, won a board battle i mean skinner obviously shouldn't have put the puck there consistent theme skinner and we've said this before and you can go back in the tapes skinner has significant trouble handling the puck jack campbell's a way better puck handler and that goal i put on Stu skinner flat out yeah that's that's a tough one to start and i i mean when it first started uh, I, I thought yeah that might be it like this doesn't bode well for the oilers but yeah. flip the script right and uh, McDavid immediately takes a, a pass just off of a, a Kulak drive and and Kulak man playoff Kulak has been yeah. astounding Phenomenal. this is Great. two years now yeah a couple things uh there's over 205 people watching already concurrently so if you guys want to go ahead hit that like button we're going to go through the game the season the offseason what we expect what went wrong all that different stuff but we really appreciate all you guys tuning in I'm sure a lot of you guys just want to see us cry that's not how it's gonna go I'm I, I'm not I'm not devastated. It's not like it's not like the Colorado series. Once again, you could feel it coming, and I'll get into why I feel that way in a bit. But yeah, if you guys want to hit that like button, we'd really appreciate it. There's a ton of stuff in the chat. One thing I just see off the top that I was gonna address in chat. I just want to say, like, of all the reasons that the Oilers lost, I'm saying like Mick regular season, not even close. If there's one guy that is not to blame, it is Connor McDavid. He did everything that he could. He always does everything that he can in the playoffs. He led the playoffs in scoring last year, and he didn't even play in the cup final. This year, he has, what, 20 or 21 points in the playoffs, and he still was a dog. He was dominant. The Oilers 
were dominant five on five. This was one of the few games against the Knights where they actually were dominant five on five. But the Knights got that those breaks. They got excellent goaltending from Aiden Hill, something that the Oilers were hard pressed to say they got. And I don't. I can't think to one game where the Oilers got where we can say okay, they they got a game stolen by the goalie. This is a game where I could say Aiden Hill played phenomenal in the third period. Ekholm robbed by Hill. Kane yeah. robbed by Hill. McDavid post Bouchard. Knights were diving in front of blocks. Right. They got. They got the breaks. They got the luck. They had the better goalie, and that's how you win. You, you, the Oilers wouldn't have been able to continue with the goaltending they were getting from Stuart Skinner. They were, they were treading water. They were going to die at some point. The guy was let four goals on fifteen shots in the first period. Just not good enough. And we can sit there in the regular season and say, you know, he's a rookie. He's this. He's that. He's played great. You know, he put up great numbers against the in an Abs game back in March, and he put up. Great numbers against the Ducks and the Rangers and the Islanders and whatever. You point to little games here and there, and it's phenomenal. Then he has a, a, a five-bull against game, and you're like, okay, whatever. You know what? It's it's the regular season. You can't harpen it. But when it's the playoffs, that mentality of not harping on rookies, not harping on this guy, that guy, that goes out the window. If you're you in the lineup, win. you got to perform. And one of the guys who just couldn't perform to the level that they performed to in the regular season, one of a few, was Stuart Skinner. That's the number one reason to me Look. why we're sitting here right now. And and let's let's not just put everything on Skinner too. Yep. You don't forget, he's not the guy that makes the decision whether he starts a game or not, right? As much as you can point on any part of this team on the ice, it's it's also the guy behind the bench. And I'm sure Jay Woodcroft would say the same thing. I obviously we can't watch the post game presser, but we we know that. Look, this team, you go into the playoffs as a unit, right? There's no excuses. There's no, okay, this person did fantastic and this person played horrible. The team's the team. And if you lose four games in a series, you're out. That's it. And the the Oilers were not the better team in this series. The Vegas Golden Knights, you're you're absolutely right. They missed out on Laurent Boussois getting injured. Obviously, that was their starter going into them. And Aiden Hill came in and did a bang up job. He did better. Right? He did better he did than Brissois. Brissois getting Brissois. injured hurt the Oilers' chances of winning that series. They had the book on Brissois when Hill came in. Hill obviously, like he, you know, he's not a number one. He's not Connor Hellebuck. He's not whoever, but he's still a very good goalie. And the Oilers had trouble beating him. And this game shows they had trouble playing uh, against Aiden Hill. They had trouble converting. Um, I see a lot of people in chat as a big conversation. Bill are talking about, would you have started Jack Campbell? I know for myself, <laughs> I tweeted out after the last game. The first two times I pulled Campbell, I was in favor of putting Stuart Skinner in net. One of the things that happened after the second time Stuart Skinner got pulled is the Oilers. Uh, Stuart Skinner only allowed one goal. They beat Vegas 5-1. But the difference is, that game, everyone's, oh, Skinner bounced back, Skinner bounced back. And I agree, he played good, only letting one goal. But the Oilers gave up one high-danger chance through 40 minutes in that game. That was probably the best defensive game they played through, played the entire playoffs, right? It, it, it almost made Skinner look better. Because, you know, we all know, watch this, the Oilers are not the strongest defensive team by any means. Like, they are going to give up a lot more chances when they're playing a game that's a lot tighter. And when you see what happens when they give up the chances, Skinner makes those you know, medium danger and low danger saves, but almost every single time when you had a high danger opportunity, it seemed like it was in the back of the net. You never got those, you got, you didn't get those saves where you're like, it would have been nice. That's a momentum turning save. That's the save that changes the series. Vegas got a couple tonight and they got a couple throughout the series. The others never were able to get that. They got a couple. Yeah. Pin you, you you pin the tail on the donkey. Look in the third period, right? The third period was essentially all Oilers momentum wise the Oilers were just constantly shelling Aiden Hill and guys on the Knights they dove in front of pucks obviously you saw it towards the end of the game Petrangelo took a puck and and ended up kind of hobbling off the ice on a 4-2 game with less than five minutes to go Aiden Hill has played lights out and and that's the sort of momentum changing saves that Stuart Skinner wasn't able to do. Now, I, I, there's not much to say. Like, I don't want this to be a a, a dour episode. It, <laughs> it's the last episode we'll do in a while, Zach. Um, I know we can talk about how Edmonton just didn't step up to the ball, but there's a lot of things that I, there's still to like in this team, right? Absolutely. You look 
at the defensive play and minus a couple guys, which we can talk about. It's been much improved over last season. You know, from last playoff series, especially against Colorado, you saw how slow our defense was. You saw how they were just not able to keep up to the likes of guys like Kale McCarr. You look at it this year, and it has improved significantly. It's not there. They didn't play a team with a Kale McCarr, though. Like, I'd argue Vegas is a slower team than Edmonton. Like, I think Edmonton, you see, on the back end, are they improved? Absolutely. I think the back end is better. now. They are still like, I think we can get into this. I don't know if you want to get into this now. There are gaping holes in the Edmonton lineup that, that you can clearly identify. You swap out two, two players that I'm thinking of right now. And I believe they are one of the best teams in the league. Now there is another issue and we can get into those holes in the roster and what we think, you know, early predictions or whatever in a little bit. Another thing, and we can go to talk about the stuff that went well, because there's a couple players that pilot that played well that I want to highlight, but we were talking about the negatives. I want to just continue to talk about the negatives. There's three five million dollar negatives that that cost the Oilers in the playoffs this year, right? Last year, you look at Vander Kane at 13 goals. Zach Hyman was almost a goal per game. Ryan Nugent Hopkins against Calgary scored two goals to tie and the go-ahead goal in a game in the second round last year. This year, the production from those guys fell off a cliff. Those are the guys. For the, for the Knights and the Oilers, you you look at the production from up and down the three lineups. They're top guys. You know, your Stones, your Eichels, whatever. They they got production from the Oilers, McDavid, and Drysaddle. At least in the first couple of games, got production from McDavid and Drysaddle. Drysaddle was – they were kind of keyed in on Drysaddle. He had a tougher time. Who knows? He maybe has a wrist injury uh, after Marshall so tried to break his wrist. Or not – sorry, Petrangelo. Uh, they got production from the top guys. The bottom guys. You know, your, your Nick Waz, your Keegan Colasars. Uh, your William Carey's in Vegas, they didn't chip in as much. In Edmonton, you look at your Fogles, your McLeods, your Buttes, that's Costins. They got a lot of production from those bottom six guys, a lot more than I frankly expected this playoff run. And I thought they were really, really effective. Now, Nick Buttes' was getting caved by Eichel this series, and that's one of the main reasons why they lost, because every time after a power play, Buttes' would be on the ice, Cassidy would go out, throw Eichel, Stone, whoever, uh, Eichel, whatever. And uh, they would end up caving the Oilers. And I think the Knights had three or four goals right after an Oilers power play, which that kind of cost them this series. Um, but yeah, the, the, the problem for the Oilers is you look at those middle tier guys. You're Jonathan Marshall, who had a hat trick tonight and on Vegas, a $5 million player. They they got contributions from them, right? You look at Edmonton's $5 million guys, Kane, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, pretty much nothing this playoff round. Look, and you can also talk about guys like Riley Smith, who scored the first goal. I know it it immediately was made irrelevant because of Connor McDavid, but Smith didn't produce at all in this playoffs until last game and this game, right? Mm-hmm. So the guys that are getting off the schneid, they've, they've truly done it. You know, obviously guys are constantly fighting the puck and it's the same for Vegas and the same for Edmonton. But they just got a little bit more. They just got that tiny bit more. And you're right, Kane, Yamamoto, Hyman, and Nuge, right? These are guys that are in your top six that just couldn't get over well, that little bit of a hump. Yeah, this season, you Nuge and Hopkins, 103 points, 104 points, whatever. Kane was on a 30-goal pace. Hyman was over a point per game at like 83 points, right, in 70-something games. You, you lose that production from those three guys. Your offense is going to fall off a cliff. And they had the bottom six stepped up immensely. They were getting goals. Bouchard played like a man possessed this playoffs. This, what a coming out party for him for the rest of the league. I know me and you knew how good he was going <laughs> in. But Evan Bouchard could walk up to Ken Hall in this offseason and ask for $8 million flat out and have a legitimate case to receive an eight by eight contract. Like what a player Evan Bouchard was like revelations. The problem is you had to fall off from guys there. And then it seemed like it just seemed like the stuff was breaking your way. And when it comes to hockey, a lot of it is going to sound ridiculous. It's just luck, right? Like, like the look at the second goal that goes in on Skinner. Skinner makes a save. It goes up like six or seven feet in the air and falls right behind Skinner, right in the goal line. Like nothing you could do about that. Here's the thing, though, what that play I still didn't like, because if you look at it, three Oilers are in the shot lane, right, right in front of Stuart Skinner. And at that point, you are not 
actively contributing to the situation. You are just screening Skinner. He does get the save. It goes up. But because there's three guys there, no one's paying attention to the other Golden Knights that are in the zone. And if it wasn't for that little bit of a chip in, I I don't know if it would have gone in. I mean, Marchessault was right there. So there was no chance to even see if the puck was rolling in or anything like that. One of these the are all are, these sorry. are all things that the Oilers just just couldn't quite get done in the in the heat of the moment. Right. The mm-hmm. control to say, all right, I'm not going to go. There's already two guys there on that side of the ice. I don't need to be there. I'm going to do something else. Absolutely. Now we got over 300 people watching live, oh, which is absolutely wild. So guys, if you guys want to just go ahead, hit oh. like really appreciate it. But Dennis, one of the themes this playoffs has been that net front defense. It seemed like every time there were Vegas won, there was two Vegas Golden Knights alone in front of the net. And it, a lot of times it was that nurse CC pairing who just could not tie up the man in front. The reads were absolutely wild sometimes. You could screenshot those plays and just be like, what are they doing? It looked like Dallas can swarm defense. Cody CC off in the corner chasing the puck carrier. Guy passes it and you know, then there's two knights alone in front, right? That was kind of what happened on like the it looked like the first goal or the second goal. Sorry, the Marsha so goal. Marsha so he scored three. Um, but yeah, the misfits for the guys that scored for the for the for the oh my god, all the misfits scored. Carlson, Marshall, and Smith. Yeah, like see, yeah. that's that second line production that the Knights got that the Oilers just weren't able to get. Through this this game, I wrote down halfway through. I'm like, you know what? Vogel Ryan McLeod is now the second line. Vogel, Derek Ryan McLeod is now the second line. Um, because they were outstanding. I if you I could not have been more pleasantly surprised uh with the play with the play of us uh, Warren Fogel specifically, you know, yeah. scored tonight to put the Oilers up by uh, a goal early on. You thought they were gonna cruise home. Um, but yeah, no, it, obviously it all fell apart later on in the in the second period as the game progressed. But um that line specifically, I really hope they re-sign Derek Ryan because that third line I think is a very big asset going forward. Ryan McLeod is only getting better. You have Warren Fogle under contract. And uh, earlier on in the season, I wanted Warren Fogle on waivers. I, yeah, I, obviously. Man, so impressed with them. So impressed with them. There are guys that stepped up in our bottom six. I felt all series long was good and at least didn't get absolutely destroyed. Other than, like you mentioned, when you had Bukestad out there against Eichel, just that. Uh, let's start talking about the roster right we, we've talked you about the to? game yeah it's we we spent a while talking about the game look we got a lot of folks here this is the last game over edmonton of the season let's do some speculation well, and chat you're you're a big part of this too before i just want one more thing that's going to be a storyline that i want to address a lot of people are going to start talking about the refs this game is probably the game where I'm the least upset about the refs. Like, the refs are not the reason the Oilers lost this series. Not even close. There's the only call that even irked me was the Echo missed high stick, but you knew they weren't getting anything. That's the way that the playoffs go. The Oilers need it, need to take that and play even play that to their advantage. They need to start playing harder on the nights. You saw where they failed in the defensive zone, and this becomes a roster uh, construction thing in a bit. As you say, we need more guys guys who are capable of doing that specifically on the defense obviously you know particularly in the right shot uh slot of the first pair you know we need someone there is much more capable obviously because that's a significant downside to the Oilers Cody CC is literally is clearly targeted by every team that the Oilers play uh so yeah that's that's one of the things that I'd be I, I would look to I just wanted to just say that the refs were not at all the reason they was lost. Does it suck that you, that they didn't get any penalties or uh, power plays throughout the game? Probably that they should have. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we all knew this is how the game was going to be called. We all knew. And if you look at it, right, other than the one weird middle of the game penalty fest, the yeah. rest of the, the game was very fairly officiated. Both sides were not getting anything, and you saw that happening. The just one weird section of like the second period where there was four penalties. Other than that, we knew that this was a game you, where you would have to win five well, on five. Well, this is the series where it kind of goes to show is is it awesome that the Oilers had the best power play of all time, that their power play clicked at like 50% the entire playoffs? Yeah, that's awesome. And, and those players who were on that power play are going to continue to be on the Edmonton Oilers going forward. 
All of them are locked up. That's the thing about the Edmontonians. I think a lot of people, I see a lot of people in chat talking about the Leafs. A lot of people talking about the Leafs. <laughs> they could not be different, more different situations. The it's Toronto the Maple Leafs, the level of uncertainty in, within that organization, within the top players, you know, showing can you win with these guys, this mix that you have. Uh, there's a lot more uncertainty from the management, from the very top, all the way to the fourth line on that team. The Edmonton Oilers, I don't think there's near as much uncertainty. I think. The entire fan base as a collective can look in it and you can be happy with the season that was. You 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 can absolutely be disappointed in the outcome, but I think, and, and you can clearly see the shortcomings of this roster, but I think there is a path forward. The good thing is all of your big guns are signed. There isn't any uncertainty in that regard. You need to re-sign Evan Bouchard and Ryan McLeod. Those are your two RFAs, which they will get re-signed. It's just a matter of term and dollar for those guys. Um... But going forward, I think the look is a lot better. I know, I, and I know you want to jump in, so here, I'll let you jump in, then I'll, I'll get back to what I wanted to say there. But, but no, it's fine. I I wanted to start talking roster construction stuff, yeah. but if you if you have any more points about the game, let's let's get that out of the way. Oh, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna talk about the roster construction here. I was just gonna say, okay. or, or, or people are talking about the Leafs. I see a lot of people talking about oh, McDavid. <laughs> so just two years left until McDavid is. Listen, what McDavid does when he's a UFA is something we can talk about in 2026 when he's a UFA. This is 2023. Connor McDavid is not going anywhere. Leon Drysaddle is not going anywhere. They are signed. They are locked in. There is no. It's not like the Leafs. The Leafs are have their guys. If they don't, Leafs don't sign their guys. They are they and they are going to free agency, and then they have to look at trading them. The Oilers guys are locked in. You have these guys, and they've proven that they can win in the playoffs. You've seen it. It's We don't look at the Oilers team. Not one person has ever looked at a playoff game that the Oilers have played and be like, wow, they didn't score because Drysaddle sucked. They didn't score because McDavid sucked. No, it's, you know, a, a, it's defensive miscues and poor goaltending and pr- product, lack of production from your bottom six and your second line. Your, your big guns, the best players on your team always show up. Connor McDavid is a dog. He's throwing hits left and right. Leon Drysaddle might be the most physical power forward in the NHL when it gets down these points. I would not want to play against Leon Dressel. Did you see the fake slashes they were all throwing at Alex? Dude, I love it. That was it's, funny as it's hell. It's pissy, dude. Absolutely. These guys are proven playoff performers. I am not worried about these guys right now. Look, it's- there's a there's a reason why in Toronto they're talking about the core four, and in Edmonton, they're not. They're talking about the surrounding cast. Well, and where... And okay, McDavid, like McDavid going to get a raise. Dressel going to get a raise. Absolutely deserved when their contracts are up eventually. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't make sense but what these <laughs> like austin matthews is gonna ask for 15 million dollars he had 40 goals this season this is the, the problem with toronto do you pay him that money can you afford Connor mcdavid is worth every cent and more like not even close not even close he'll He's, command whatever and, money that the league the sets as a maximum a, the, the oilers will write him a blank check I don't think he's at all getting sick. I think he's sick of losing, but I don't think he's sick of losing Edmonton. He knows his best opportunity to win is Edmonton in Edmonton. What other team is able to take $17 million off their current roster and cap space and just give it to Connor McDavid? The team's either rebuilding or has to get rid of a ton of their stars. His best opportunity to win is in Edmonton. The amount of support that he gets from management is unbelievable. What McDavid says he wants goes. The Oilers, I think... They suffered from bad luck, and as tough as it is to say, as as losery as it feels to say, I am not disappointed in the effort from the team everywhere, and I think, and I really hope that the team itself feels that way because there are shortcomings. I've said this, I said this before. You can see, but they, it's not like the big guns perform badly. There is a blueprint there. I still believe that these two players will hoist the Stanley Cup in Edmonton. This does this loss does not sway my belief whatsoever. Next year, you look at the West. Is the West getting any better? Absolutely not. If anything, it's still getting worse. The next year is probably one of those years where the West, it's still kind of in flux. Colorado, if anything, going to get a lot worse. Nathan McKinnon's extension is kicking in. They need to re-sign Bowen Byram. They don't, but there's a lot of uncertainty with Gabriel Landeskog. Colorado, I still think is the Oilers' top competition, you know, seasons down the road. And there, and there is a lot of uncertainty there. Vegas, older, slower, who knows? They beat you this year. You need to beef up. You need to not beef up, but you need to design your roster in terms of getting more five on five production when it matters, obviously, uh, in transition play and beating Vegas. But I think you're that's I think it's you're much more capable of doing that. I think the fixes that this roster requires aren't monumental. I think they're very 
minimal and they're very clear. And I think there's a very good direction going for it. I'm, I, I couldn't be more confident in the team, to be honest. Exactly. I, I think Edmonton is in a fantastic position moving forward. Look, we could talk about all the other Canadian teams. I know it's the SDPN. I know we love talking about the Leafs on this channel. But hey, if you guys wanted to talk more Leafs, go back two days ago. Uh, Leafs, game five, post-game analysis, game over Toronto. I'm sure they'd be happy to have you there uh, commenting on stuff too. Let's Let's get back to it. Let's get back to Edmonton. Let's talk about the next season. You gave us a little tidbit about the overarching situation in the Western Conference. Let's let's start honing in. Who's absolutely gone? Who's absolutely do you want to see resigned? ODCC, I hope he knows how to speak Russian. That brother is gone, gone, gone. You better get used to whatever they eat in Metal Muslisk or whatever. The K- KHL, the you know, the KHL is still. I don't know what that is. Hey, I think I do. think he'd look good in the desert. Maybe get him a Kachina jersey, you know? No, yeah, absolutely. Get whatever wherever he goes, that brother is gone. Darnell Nurse needs a guy who can move the puck. He needs someone who can support him. He needs someone who's a better skater. He needs someone who is stronger in front of the net and stronger in their own zone. Can make reads. Darnell Nurse cannot be the defensively responsible one on his pairing. Stop talking about his contract. Stop saying Darnell Nurse trade Darnell Nurse. Not going to happen. You can win with Darnell Nurse on this roster. I truly believe it. When he's playing at his best which is with a partner who can move the puck like Ethan Bear when Ethan Bear was an episode. That was probably peak Darnell Nurse was when he was on that pairing. You need that guy. Damon Severson, free agent, perfect partner for Darnell Nurse. Get something like that done. Trade, free agency, I don't know. That's the only other target. I know there's a lot of other Oilers fans talking about Radko Gudis. I don't think Gudis is near as good of a puck mover. I think that's ideally what you hope Vinny DeHarnay turns into. Eventually, uh, hopefully. Which, yeah, Vinny Darnay is also 26, though, so, you know, yeah. hoping for him to evolve into some uh, Radko Gudis, I guess, is a little bit grasping at straws, but um, okay, that's you, my thing. We talked Cody Cece, Darnell Nurse pair, and, I, and you're right, that absolutely cannot be a part of your top four. Uh, let's talk about some of the rookies. You mentioned Evan Bouchard, right? Look, Give him whatever he wants. You know, if he's willing to sign an eight by eight, something like that, just get him here long term. Evan Bouchard has absolutely shown himself to be an incredible asset and he's going to keep getting better. I agree. The one thing, and I'll let you, the Oilers only have about $10 million in cash this offseason. That's that's where the the, the trepidation comes in. We'll we'll figure it out. Make it work, Kenny Money. But I want to flip the question now. Let's talk about the other fellow that begins with a B on on the blue line, Philip Broberg. Oh, that, that brother is also gone. He is gone like Donkey Kong. Eighth overall pick eight years ago, Ken Holland, you know, tried to outsmart everyone. I'm not going to take Trevor Zegers, Cole Caulfield. No, those guys definitely went to help you as this one. Let's you take Philip Broberg. You think it happens this offseason or do you think they give him a little bit more? Eighth overall pick. Four years ago, you were, and when Darnell Nurse was suspended, if there was any time ever that you ever needed Philip Broberg to jump in and play decent in your lineup, give you solid minutes, the coach clearly did not feel comfortable with Philip Broberg in there. I don't think he has a lot of value around the NHL now. I think the time to trade him was last offseason. I think you've mm. kind of, you've, whenever they hit that 22 kind of range, they really start to fall off a cliff in terms of value around the NHL. I think you take whatever you can get back. I think what this series showed, at least me, is when you get in those situations, whether it's an injury, a suspension, whether there's some adversity faced on your blue line in the playoffs next season, instead of having a Philip Broberg back there, I want someone like Vegas had, like a Ben Hutton. I want a veteran 7-8 guy. Remember a couple years ago when they traded for Mike Green back there? Mm. That's a, like that's the type of guy I want as my 7-8 next year. I don't want it to be Philip Broberg because I think there's a lot more uncertainty. I want someone that the coach trusts and I want someone that we know can give us reasonable 5-on-5 five five results. For me, this offseason, the keys, 5-on-5 five five and finishing. Finishing okay. plays. This game, you saw early on, Kane, Yamamoto had two chances in the first. They finish. They go up 4-1 in the first. It's a different game. It's like games two and four. But the problem is the Oilers could not finish their chances. You need guys who could finish. I think Yamamoto's another guy. Gone like Donkey Kong. But you can also talk about um, uh, Philip Broberg if you want. You can say your piece. Agree? <laughs> well, hey, look, Philip Broberg, I feel like 
he missed his chance to really bring himself into the limelight, like you said. But at the same time, it, it, it's it's the playoffs. I feel terrible about that Eichel call. You know, it, clearly it wasn't his fault. He got dinged for it. All the pressure in that game went to him during that shift. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, is Philip Broberg. If you give him a little bit more playing time, does that up? his value for no, a trade at the trade no, deadline no, or do you do no, it in the no. summer off season done Go all on. right use okay. the cap space roster space whatever Get fine on. all right Let, let's start talking about uh deharnay as well obviously you said something about a guy that the coach trusted and if there was one defenseman that people wanted gone pulled way way earlier in this series it was vincent deharnay well, he obviously got a little bit more stable he has one more year left it's he's a cheap player you could send him back down to bakersfield but what are you thinking now? Like, do you do you try and get whatever value is there for DeHarnay? I mean, this is obviously a guy who no one thought would make it to the NHL. This is probably the highest his value is gonna be. Oh, I don't think they're trading DeHarnay. I think they see DeHarnay as a full time right shot third pairing guy next year. I think they're hoping his puck handling gets a little better. I think he's um, I think he's there hoping they they have the same goal that they had for Marcus Niemelainen for Vincent DeHarnay. Tough. Yeah. Hard knows. I think they expect him to be a lot better in front of the net next season. I think I expected him in the playoffs to be a lot better in front of the net. You could see early on, he was really panicky, made some giveaways, cost the Oilers some goals early on. And I was the first one tweeting, like, get this guy off the team. I hate him, blah, blah, whatever. Through the series, after full credit to DeHarnay, especially when Darnell Nurse was out, I thought he was one of the bright spots. I thought he played really well tonight. Uh, in terms of, I'm just looking at the money puck expected goals. He controlled like 35% of the expected goals when he was on the ice. I think Woodcroft shifted to like three or four defensemen at the end of the game because I saw, you know, Bouchard out with Nurse and Kulak out with Nurse and Kulak with Ekholm. Like he was just rotating through those guys. Brett Kulak is a guy who I would have said before the playoffs, gone. Absolutely. That guy could Amazing. be my third pair left shot defenseman all day if he's going to play like he did in the playoffs this year. I think ideally, like I would, in a perfect world, I'd like an upgrade on Vincent DeHarnay. I don't think that's realistic in a cap world. Every single team has weaknesses. I think if your weakness is Vincent DeHarnay and your third pairing, especially if you have a right shot guy who you can kind of swap in and out when DeHarnay starts struggling, like you didn't have this se- this series and this right. season, uh, that'll benefit you significantly. But Cody Cece cannot be your number one right shot defenseman anymore. The We've showed it doesn't work. I'm showing it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at in terms of those guys. Hey, defense. fair enough, man. We okay, so that's that's the D. I mean, we're we're not gonna talk about Nimaline and he didn't play any playoff games. He just barely came in during the regular season and he was passable, but hey, didn't make the cut in the end. Okay, let's start moving on to forwards. And obviously we talked a lot about Kane, Yamamoto, uh guys that really needed to prove how much money they're making and they didn't do it but they still got contracts uh, yamamoto still has one more year and then he's an rfa with arbrights so if you're gonna trade him now's the time like i just don't know what value he has and if it's worth right now to immediately go for a trade uh i don't care about his value the guy i think around the league for some reason kyle yamamoto when whenever guys are first round pick they, they just carry some sort of pedigree with them, especially if they played in the lineup like Kyle Yamamoto has. It's not someone like Broberg who hasn't made it a little stick. He's been in the Oilers' top six for a number of years. He That 1920 season where he joined and he was a point per game, he was fantastic. He's never been able to find that again. The finishing's been non-existent. I believe he has like two goals in like 35 playoff games playing primarily with Leon Draisaitl. Not even close to good enough in the Oilers' top six. They need someone who is an elite finisher. They ideally, and I remember after the trade deadline, they remember there were rumors that the Oilers tried to trade for Timo Meyer, and they were just like, we'll figure out how to sign him later. We'll trade him again and try and recoup, you know, 75 cents on the dollar. I think that's the right line of thinking, to be honest with you. I think you can get very minimal, uh, cheap, effective solutions on the blue line. Um, I think up top, you have that tier of the Kane, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins primarily right. is going to get all his cookies on the power play. Hyman is really effective at even strength. Kane is just a very streaky player. And I think we also need to preface, I know we've been shitting on the five-minute those guys a lot. Kane was also injured though, a lot of this playoffs. Hyman as well had a got a knee injury early on in the Vegas series. Right. And I believe we're going to hear about a Ryan Nugent Hopkins injury. So I think there is an element of bad luck at that. Um 
I think you need a forward who can carry you between those two guys. A, a, a guy better than those three, but not as good as McDavid and Dryson. It'll be hard to do, but that's, that's what I think. That's obviously hard to do. I mean, uh, you, okay. Timo Meyer. So, hey timo meyer but that's that would have been pretty tough to pull off too i would say um a lot a lot of chat is agreeing with you and there's some there's some names in here (laughs) okay uh i'm gonna point out eric because that was a little bit higher up but we're not waving yamamoto okay let's be real eric friend of the show seattle there are teams that will value kyler yamamoto you'll be able to the cap relief from losing yamamoto is all i care about get a draft pick for him move on (laughs) and recoup other in other ways okay so you obviously mentioned probably like my favorite player of this entire playoffs Derek ryan i would love to see this guy re-signed uh i don't know if he's do you think he's going to take less money i mean he's obviously making uh 1.25 right now but he's going to be 37 bring him back 750 grand if he wants a rate if he wants a little bit more help help i guarantee you these families established in edmonton I don't think he wants to move. I think the Oilers would love to have him back. I can see him taking less and coming back. Absolutely. Dude, if he's willing, he went to the U of A, almost became a pharmacist. And hey, maybe he can become a pharmacist here in Edmonton afterwards. Uh, I'd love to see him back here for one million, something like that. Uh, dude, he was such a monster on the forecheck and could repeatedly, he kept getting destroyed against the boards and so much punishment, but he always got up without a single hitch. He is like, if you took all of the lucky gods and just had everyone blessed for a healthy body, that's Derek Ryan. Cause the guy never stays down. Uh, Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about a guy that ended up having a pretty rough playoff series because of some injuries. Uh, Yanmark, Matthias Yanmark. I I don't think he's coming back. I don't think we have interest. I, I I I don't know. He, they they seem to really value him when he was healthy. They seem to want to force him in the lineup there, right? Like like they could have definitely kept him out there. He he scored over ten goals in the regular season. He's an effective penalty killer. He's a guy, he's one of those guys, he's not a play driver 5-on-5, five and five, but he's on the ice 5-on-5. Five five. The puck is primarily in the Oilers zone. Uh, man, there's so many people telling us we disrespected the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't understand where that's coming from. I have never, like, please find a clip of me disrespecting the Vegas Golden Knights. They're the most self, like, these are self-proclaimed underdogs. They tell themselves that they're people slighting them, and then they come and attack me for slighting them, but no one slighted you. You are literally the tiger seed. You finished the regular season above the Edmonton Oilers in the standings. Like, you were the better team. I do not know what else to say. Like, every in a defense uh, and, you know, finishing and just goals in a matter, timely saves, everything. The Vegas Golden Knights are better. So, I, I don't know what where this is coming from, but sure. Dude, let, all right, let, let's let's not feed the trolls, man. Look, if, if you're watching Game Over Edmonton, thank you for being here. I know it's our like, last show. That's maybe while you're why you're here. Like Zach mentioned, there's 310 of you. Click like, please. Wild. There's only 90 likes in here. It's our last show of the season. Um, I, I, I love the support for Derek Ryan in here. Again, I if he resigns. I, I got to get a jersey of Derek Ryan. But uh, we kind of missed the mark here. Okay, Matthias Janmark, replacement level. Um, I didn't see a lot of chat action. I feel like chat is on the same money as, as me when it comes Who to Matthias Janmark. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even want to talk I, about I it. I think they'll try and re-sign Nick Bukestad if he wants over a million dollars. Send the guy to Guangdong. I don't care. Uh, he, again, got caved 5-on-5. Five five. Woodcroft tried to use him against Eichel. Eichel killed him. Eichel honestly killed Drysettle. Me. Uh, Five on five later on in the series. Woodcroft tried to hard match the dry settle line without McDavid to Eichel, and Eichel smoked them. Uh Dude. so that was like Cassidy, it was is the best coach that we have faced in the playoffs, you know, in the last couple of years. And Cassidy, I don't want to say he pants to Woodcroft, but there were a number of decisions where Jay where Bruce Cassidy kind of brought Woodcroft out to the woodshed a little bit. Every oh, yeah. game, the adjustments that Cassidy made were excellent. I, I don't want to be negative here about the Oilers because I, I tried I tried to set up this show to be just a, a nice ride off into the sunset. But this is one of the big important things about Cassidy and where he came from in Boston, the system that loves analytics. They have a really strong analytics department there as well. Oilers 
if, if we're going to start moving forward into the potential cup contender status, we have to start improving all of our resources for our coaching staff. Um, that's it. That's my little rant. I, I don't want to keep going on that. Nick Bue said, I do disagree with you. I think he's if he's coming back on like a 1 million i'm happy if he's even coming on like a 1.2 fine i'm okay with that because he is proven himself to be a pretty reliable third slash fourth liner and i'm if you have one or two guys like that that are at like that 1.25 that's okay um let's get into some bigger issues here and then we'll start wrapping up the uh, uh the roster construction part of the show and get into more chat interaction that might be fun uh ryan mcleod clean cost in two big rfas that you have to sign mcleod uh, yeah. obviously took a pay cut from what he deserved last time what do you think is going to happen this time oh, oh mcleod will get his money i think it's well deserved it's similar to bouchard i hope they sign him for as long as they can ryan mcleod is an excellent hockey player he's only getting better i wish he shot the puck a bit more he's the second best skater on the edmonton Oilers. he showed that tonight he's able to carry a line uh without 97 and 29 one of the few players that could do that the oilers next year are going to see an infusion of youth as well so um you're gonna really see you're gonna really see ryan i think ryan mcleod obviously sticking around but if you could get him for three million dollars over five years i would be ecstatic does ryan mcleod take that i don't think so i think ryan mcleod sees one. his values a little bit better same with bouchard i think they're gonna try and bridge him i really really pray to god they don't bridge him because the other they're gonna have a you know nine million dollar nurse and a 12 million dollar bouchard on their defense which would really suck uh, Clem Costin, they'll be able to sign him for under a million dollars and 110%. He will be back as the Edmonton Oilers uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. I think Costin absolutely will sign for somewhere around that one million because he, he, you know, he came in as a reclamation project. Obviously, he had a good season, but there's no guarantee that that's going to continue happening going forward. Right. Uh, I, I love the fact that he gives his all for this team, though. You saw how many shots have he blocked in this last series? It, it's a great thing to be seeing from a guy like Clem Costin. Obviously, he was physical when he was able to before things started getting a little bit more, you know, feisty and calls started getting a little bit more wild uh but let's stop talking about the series clean costin i think he is a type of guy who is gonna be here for maybe two years i'm gonna say like i don't think he's gonna sign a one year i think he's we're gonna be able to get him for a two-year contract somewhere that one mil yeah Yeah, like that one mil like he's the guy the hardy showed blocking those shots they're up four one doesn't matter that's the type of stuff i love clem costin he's a finisher in the bottom six can he drive play himself not really but you see his shot is a rocket. It's a rocket. Today he had another one where he changed the angle off the rush through Braden McNabb's legs. This time he shot into the crest of Aiden Hill. But those were goals that he scored in, in the LA series that were monumental. He takes that shot, posts and in blocker uh, on the blocker side. Like Clem Costin is excellent. I really think he loves being in Edmonton. He this is the first place he saw success after being in St. Louis and just kind of being in that, you know, tweener stage. Uh he's he's going to be in Edmonton Oil next year. Not where he's I see you're telling chat to chill. I love chat. This is so funny. I'm trying not to die. There's Glenn in there. There's 44 Dale, Daniel Kim. They're just smoking people. They're smoking people. All the Vegas fans, we got warriors in here. So thank you. Thank you for that. Phenomenal. I love it. I love the animosity in chat. You want to say I'm crying? You want to, even though I'm not, I've actually been way more reserved than I actually even anticipated I would be. It's, uh, it's it's hilarious so i i love it i love it it's it's awesome to see i'm glad i'm glad there's passion i'm glad there's passion in here just keep it civil guys keep it civil and and as you can see moderator rob is in here moderator rob pulls no punches all right rob's a terminator so (laughs) okay next thing we got to talk about is the most important position of all goaltending obviously you're you're kind of locked in right now you got jack campbell Stuart skinner 7.6 million between the two of them what was what are you gonna do here uh this, this is to me this to me is the most uncertainty that i think uh you have in regards to any sort of roster position it again people in the chat were talking about the leafs the leafs have roster certainty at the top you know matthews chat, whatever chat give us your opinions on this too i mean yeah, this absolutely. is this is an interactive show what do you what do you think the Oilers should do with their goaltending now people in this during the season we're talking about you know buy out jack campbell um, I believe that Jack Campbell's play 
in the playoffs has bought him enough. Like, not that they were going to buy him out, but it's bought him a lot of favor within the fan base and within the management. He didn't play a lot, but when he did, he was really solid. The new equipment, I thought there was a noticeable difference. Was there a little slip up today? Like he had throughout the games, like there was, he was still shaky. The puck got behind him and the others cleared it off the blue line. I think Campbell moves the puck a lot better than Skinner. That helps you always uh, make break out a lot faster. We saw that with Smith. Mike Smith's puck handling ability made the Oilers significantly more dangerous in transition. Jack Campbell is not Mike Smith by any means, but he can move the puck really efficiently, and you saw that helps the Edmonton Oilers. Like Stuart Skinner is one of the slowest decision makers with the puck that I've seen, like and just when he's playing the puck, and I think that kind of hurts the Oilers. Like you see the forechecks able to get a step on the defense, it makes the breakout a lot harder uh, when he isn't isn't sure what he's going to do with the puck. Stuart Skinner was an excellent goalie this regular season. He's going to win yeah. the Calder Trophy, I think. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. There's a guy uh, in Seattle who still I'll has a chance money. on I'll it. Money. Uh, he's gonna okay. win the we can make a friendly bet, Dennis. I promise. He's going to win the college right. trophy. Elliot right. Friedman put him number one. All um, right. Hey, we'll see. And uh, the, the one thing I wanted to bring up, because you mentioned Mike Smith's name a couple times in here. Mike Smith, obviously, his his uh, contract is going to expire here. What are the chances you bring him in as a goalie coach? Just get him get him to teach Skinner a couple things. I want someone I want, I want my Mitch Korn. Vegas has Sean uh-huh. Burke. I want a god, a guy who can come in and make Laurent Persuas, Aiden Hill, uh, doesn't matter, look like, you know, Vesna quality guys. I want a guy who just coaches goalies to, and again, I don't know. I did see people talk, speculating that Dustin Schwartz yeah. might not be back. Who's out in Florida right now? Uh, I don't know. Who is out in Florida? Bob is insane right now. Well, Whoever I think the goalie goes. Bobrovsky's just a, a nutty guy. <laughs> but there's one guy that I know has been speculated. He was hired in Toronto. A lot of people call him the Jack Campbell Whistler. I believe his name is Dusty Emu. Uh, and he's a guy who you could look at bringing in to help out Jack Campbell because they're really close. I think Campbell works with them in the offseason. Uh, that's going to be really interesting. I think, honestly, you run it back and you hope that at the end of the, like, did Skinner ever get a run like this where he played 13 games straight, no matter what, trying to bounce back all this pressure? I think this was an awesome learning experience for him. The problem is you're a cup contender. You don't have time for learning experiences. You can't rely on this anymore. I don't think there's any route but running it back, hoping Skinner improves and hoping Campbell has a bounce back season. I think this is a much greater conversation in 365 days from now if we're sitting back here exactly where we are right now. Hey, you know what? There's a lot of summer to go, so you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, Jack Campbell has a modified uh, no team, uh, 10 team no trade list. So we could see some potential action if you can get a buyer in it. But that's that's a tough one. I think they do run it back. We're getting a lot of comments about trading for Hellebuck, who obviously doesn't want to stay for a rebuild in Winnipeg. Do you think Hellebuck is the answer do you think it's time for kenny money to start making some calls well again you're not trading jack campbell like you are not trading jack campbell and i don't think the oilers want to trade Stuart skinner it, it, the only way you get jack campbell or counter hellbuck is if you are trading Stuart skinner who you just signed to a 2.6 million dollar contract and the guy is uh he's a goalie uh goalies take longer to develop He's what, 23 or 24. This was his first full season in the National Hockey League. We, I think it's reasonable to expect that he does continue to improve. Like he has in every league he's been in throughout his career, the WHL, the AHL, the ECHL, wherever he's been, he started off slow and it's been a gradual increase into one of the league's best goalies. Does Stuart Skinner have the capability of being a top goalie in the NHL, being one of the top 10, 15 goalies in the NHL who can get hot for 15, 20 games, that will have to wait and see. This is a gamble that this management team's taken. And obviously, it's a really big gamble to take with 97 and 29 on your roster, gambling on your goalies. It's probably the position you least want to gamble on. Connor Hellebuck, would he be cool? Yeah. But also, like, was he that phenomenal for um for Winnipeg? Like, look at this the goalies run. left right now. Like, Vegas is riding Aiden Hill. There's Sergei <laughs> Bobrovsky. The, the Florida Panthers couldn't pay to get rid of him earlier this season. Carolina was anti-Ranta, Peter Kachekov, Frederick Anderson. It's just a rotating door of goalies there. Uh, Toronto was riding Joseph Wool. Joseph Wool could be their starter next year. Uh, or, or at least have a I tandem mean, with Samsonov. Right? With like Samsonov, if, yeah. I, I don't think... Just, 
it's it's a mystery you're right yeah. goalies are just kind of you, you throw them in a bag and you pull them out if they if they're fantastic they're fantastic and if they're not you stuff them and, back into and, the bag and, and and i may and i know it's such a small sample size but jack campbell in the playoffs with the new pads like i was calling for campbell to start i think i think it was a mistake and i think also i think this is one of the biggest coaching letdowns was the i think the pull on on skinner kind of got to him a little bit you have four goals he's out of the net when when I saw Campbell was in the net this game after the goals that went in, I was pretty disappointed in Jay Woodcroft. I don't think that was the right call, especially but, looking at the score. And if you look at it too, right? I mean, it was obviously brought up during the broadcast, but Aiden Hill didn't get pulled. He he stuck it through thin, like thick and thin, right? Mm-hmm. Part of the thing with playoff series is goalies will learn and adapt. And if you're taken out of the game, you're not going to get that chance to just eat a couple more shots. You never know. You might pick up a thing or two here and there. And it's they got Jonathan Quick in in the backup role after Blanc Brassal was injured, well, and they didn't stick him in there because well, they were riding Aiden Hill. Well, Quick it was the worst goalie in the National Hockey League this season. If Quick went in, the Oilers would have come back and won, like <laughs> easily. Easily, but like, no, no, no. In the games where, in the game when Aiden Hill got absolutely bombarded, if you're losing that game yeah. anyway, but why, why set, why send a new guy in? Well, you know, I, let your let your number one get some experience. Just eat a couple more pucks. If he lets in a couple more, fine. Who cares? Do you are both of you caring about your his? goals above average no like it just you just want to get him to build up that playoff experience against a team he's going to face again in two nights absolutely at the end of the day you look at the game tonight skinner four goals on 15 shots like it is the playoffs you're in the final eight you just can't do that no other playoff if the team lets that in you're not winning the series if you, you can find goalies anywhere uh they they're so up and down who knows what's going to happen with jack campbell like, could would or would you be shocked if we became it went next season and Jack Campbell played forty five games and had a nine ten save percentage? I wouldn't be. It would be. It would. It's just the way goaltenders work, right? So, yep. Look, Wise Cow was right all along from earlier in the season. We should have played Jack Campbell more. Yep. Uh, let, let's start moving up here. Let's uh, let's start wrapping the show up because we have been going for about fifty minutes. Uh, obviously, we had. A record-breaking number of folks in chat, and I mean, some of them have been saying nice things, some of them saying mean things, but hey, we're fine. It's it's hockey. This is hockey, and mm-hmm. there's ups and there's downs. It's been like this all season. If you if you w- tuned in and watched Zach cry on a Saturday matinee game, you're gonna be fine today. Uh, let's let's start looking at some of the things that you guys want to talk about. Let's start with can i talk about there was one thing i saw it in chat but it's moving so fast uh uh here montreal mufc says the aftermath of game four against los angeles is the moment campbell should have started the matches until he lays neck you know what i agree with that i'm going to take that a step further um when the i think one of the things that mentally kind of got to the oilers is how they made that three goal comeback in la in game four i think they saw the magic that happened. They saw how the momentum changed when Campbell went in. And you saw that was the clear thing that Jay Woodcroft was looking for every single time the Oilers got down. Right. No matter how his goalie played, he was like, well, it happened in LA. We can try and do it again. We can try and do it again. If they you're back out leaning on Jack Campbell and you're putting all of these, he's not playing, he's not playing, he's cold. And you're giving him some of the hardest situations and you keep throwing him into it. And he performed exceptionally well for what he was given. I don't, I, I just don't like that from Jay Woodcroft. And I like Jay Woodcroft a lot, but I think that was one of the shortcomings of the series. And just like everyone else, like I talked about Ryan McLeod, whatever, he's, this is like his second, or this might've been his, this was his first full season full as season. the Edmonton Oilers head coach. He's never been a head coach in the NHL. I know he's been on benches, video coach, whatever, a long time, but just like everyone else, I think Jay Woodcroft is going to sit back. He's going to look. He's going to evaluate what happened. I think there's a lot of changes he can make to his own philosophy going forward next season. And yet he will get better. He will not make the same mistakes that he did again. Bruce Caskey is phenomenal. Brought him to school a little bit. I think he knows what Bruce Caskey did, and he's going to learn from that. Two other Before we get to the chat, there's two guys I want to jump on. Like Next year, also, we're going to have um, guys in line. Like Holloway played 50 games this year. I wish... To me, they played Dylan Holloway. I know there's a lot of other people who say, oh, they wouldn't play played Holloway. wouldn't have made a difference. And would Holloway have you know, made the Oilers win the series? Probably not. Would Raphael Lavoie have made the Oilers win the series? 
Probably not. But those are the type of things that's in one other adjustment I wish Jay Woodcroft made. I wish he was more comfortable putting young players in a position to succeed. I know he does it now. He did it with Ryan McLeod. But I think there's a level of confidence that he doesn't have in the young players that he needs to have next year, especially with the cap being tight, with you needing to sign Bouchard and McLeod to more expensive contracts. You need to just throw Holloway into the top six and let him cook. You need to let see Raphael Lavoie is a finisher. Like you look, he had very similar numbers. I saw someone on Twitter talking about to Ty Cartier, who's kind of tearing it up for the Kraken in the playoffs this year. And, you know, he's also a finisher. He's someone who could have helped you finish those chances that you didn't get, you know, so many times. It's, oh, the hit a broken stick in the crease. Oh, you missed there. You missed that. They need guys who aren't like Yamamoto who finish everything that is their strength it is finishing because this team you you have the centers who put it on your tape it's just finishing yeah like you no doubt like if you look at holloway and the way that he is he's obviously someone who you expect to come in and have a big impact in that top six it's just that he didn't get that opportunity ever in this and i felt like you're right this season is partly woodcroft just kind of dancing around the issue but if you think about it early on a lot of the coaching decisions a lot of the reads for that season get started during that you know first couple of preseason games and holloway didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to impress because of that well i I thought Holloway, well, he goes back. Okay, if we're talking about this, like you just think back this year, um, Holloway played phenomenal in the rookie tournament. And then in the preseason, I remember Thomas Drance when he played the Canucks tweeting, like, oh my God, a Dylan Holloway on the Oilers is going to be a problem. But then when it came to the regular season, he just, it was, you know, seven minutes a night, five minutes a night, like just wasn't really getting much. I think they played him 50 minutes. You saw him go down to the AHL, score a ton. I think I personally, if it was up to me, I would have liked to see him in this in the top nine here. I know the third line was good, but you put Dylan Holloway in there instead of Matisse Yamark. Dylan Holloway, someone who always controlled the expected goals and he was on the ice. He was always creating more for the Oilers than he was for the other team. So, and that's that's the thing. I think I want to really highlight the fact that Dylan Holloway, when he ended up getting more of an opportunity to stick around during the regular season, it was in that like third, fourth liner role. He definitely picked up that sort of skill set, that sort of grindy skill set that you need to succeed. And when you have those, those guys that are willing to adapt their game and learn, that's one of the biggest values that you can have on a team because he's so hungry for minutes. It doesn't matter whether it's at the top six or in the bottom six. He wants to play. And when you stuck him on the top six, when you put him next to Connor McDavid, he had looked incredible. But you're right. Something about that early read from woodcroft just made dylan holloway stuck into the minors afterwards and obviously his his issues with his wrist it it was one issue i'm hoping that he has a flawless summer he really gets a strong conditioning stint comes into camp and wows the socks off off of everyone um Time will tell. We we don't know. Obviously, Zach and I are fans, just like you guys. So mm-hmm. Dylan Holloway, I hope I hope he's a part of this team moving forward, but we don't he know. Will be. Well, I see people say he's a good trade ship, and that's the only, only thing I'm going to say is if they decide that they aren't going to play him again like the, or play him the, similar to how they did last year, you trade him for someone who you will play and can impact your lineup. And I think Dylan Holloway is me an excellent player, and I'm a huge Dylan Holloway fan. But it's just a matter of who the guys, these this management team and this coaching staff is willing to use. There's so much going on in chat. Uh, once again, for the last time, if you're watching here and you just hopped on, please hit like. We really appreciate it. It's a somber day, uh, but we're not letting it upset us too much. To me, I feel like the Oilers are just on the cup. I think even cost um, of of breaking through, um, it, it, it feels really different. Like I again, the team I probably watch the most uh, besides the Oilers is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that feels completely different here they made it to the final four last year they got stopped by a better team this year you know uh but again you can easily say you know in games where the Oilers kind of like, like you saw in the like you just look at the Leafs Tampa series the Leafs pretty much had it brought to them five on five every single game and squeaked out wins wherever they can you need to do that in the playoffs you need to get wins that you don't deserve and there was not one game where we could say the Oilers stole that they were dominated yeah. and they squeaked through they, they never got those breaks 
And it's unfortunate, but it's just what happens. I know you need to be good and create your own luck, but that just didn't happen this playoffs. You feel it. They're right on the cusp. I think they all know the issues. I think McDavid knows the issues. Everyone's going to be supremely disappointed. They can't, you can't ask for anything better than what McDavid and Drysdale gave you. And I, I, you're going to, I think you're very well set up to run it back uh, and just get better. Like, they're in a very good position. I'm I'm very happy with the Edmonton Oilers. I'm very happy. This year, Dennis, we got to watch. I never thought we'd ever see a player score 150 points for the Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl, 128 points for the Edmonton Oilers. And Ryan, man, look what Hawkins, he did in the playoffs. Yeah, and he was a beast. He was a beast. Absolutely. But- Hey, you know what? Hockey's hockey. And there's there's a lot to make out of it, but there's we've been going for about an hour. I want to start looking at some chat. You know, we've obviously have a lot of Vegas fans in here. Uh, but wanted to bring out a couple of guys, Leonardo Ramirez, uh Baby Yoda, uh Graham Prin. <laughs> Lots of guys who are just new names I haven't seen before. Thank you so much for being here. Hopefully, uh, this is not going to be the last game over Edmonton you watch. Uh, Might be the last one this season, but we'll be back. Unless the Oilers miraculously, you know, Undertaker raised for the dead somehow. I'm pretty sure it's illegal. It's the last one. Did I say that it might not be? Yeah. Uh, whoops. Okay. But yeah, like Mickinator, some some standard names we've seen in chat. Mickinator, MGD, the MVP. The MVP been here from since day one, every single show. Uh, love you guys. It's been an incredible ride for Zach and I. It's a shame, obviously, Avery couldn't be here for this yes. one. One thing but, I would like to say quickly also, and I saw Phil Landry say this on Twitter before. I'm sure he'll watch this at some point. So I want to say, if Vegas plays Seattle in the Western Conference final, every general manager in the Western Conference should be fired. Like, think about that. These guys started new? from nothing. Brand new. The Oilers have had McDavid for almost, what, it'll be nine years next season. Coming up. And nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like, you see, you can build a winner. Like, that's why I I am confident because it's not big holes. You're not looking for a number one center. You need a you need a partner for nurse. You need a guy to play second line right wing. You need more finishers. But uh, they still, all the guys on that power play are going to be back. You know, I think they're set up really well. You focus on five on five. You focus on finishing. You focus on defense. I know they all know what it takes and. I don't know. At least, like, again, it's all the least fans that were in here trolling me, but like, I, I'm confident. I'm happy. I'm so sad the way it ended, but I'm so happy of the ride that we had, the season that we watched, the yes. ending that we had, how hot they were going to the playoffs. 13-0-1. We felt like we were just going to truck through teams at that point. Matthias Ekholm, he's going to be back. Are people saying Darnell Nurse? You can't win with him. I fully disagree. I think you can win with Darnell Nurse. I think Cody CC struggled, and that made you think Darnell Nurse was a lot worse. Did Darnell Nurse have mistakes early on in the season? Did he have trouble carrying that nine point two five million dollar cap? It absolutely. I think he's going to be much better early on next year because he's going to be more comfortable with the salary that he's making. I think he'll have a better partner. Um, I see the how I the, the real Sim Shaney just doesn't watch the Oilers. Just doesn't watch the Oilers. So. Don't take anything. Hey, hey, you know what? He might not watch the others, but he is watching Game Over Edmonton. And we uh, thank you for sitting here for 45 minutes and listening to everything I say. I really appreciate it. If you want to come in and shit on me and you you, you know you got 45 minutes to spend to listen to me, I, I really appreciate it. 44 Dill, let's get some W's in chat. Hey, the real W's. W's. The real W's were the friends we made along the way, and if some of those ended up being enemies, let's that's get fine L's too. For Laney, the real some Laney. <laughs> L's in the chat for that guy. Um, look, yeah. look, we're we're coming up into it. There's there's uh there's no denying it. It's one hour and four minutes that we've been live. Adam Wild is somewhere blowing a gasket because we've gone over half an hour by uh all by over double. Um, let let's start wrapping it up, Zach. Zach, it's been an amazing season, man. I. Uh, Ever since the beginning, you know, we we started as a duo, and I'm I'm happy that we're here in May. Shame that it couldn't be June, but we're in May, and we're still uh, the, our casting duo is still together. Um, it, it, it's been incredible watching all of these games with you. <laughs> all, all the W's in chat are just all killing me. All the W's in chat. All the W's. Let's go, boys. Let's go, um, guys. 
Mickinator cheapest therapy sessions. Oh, thank you so much. Man. I knew I knew Adam would be fine, Rob. I knew he would be. We could go for three hours, but I got you know I got stuff to do tomorrow morning, so uh, <laughs> that that's not possible. But uh, man, yeah, no, it's been a blast. I had this is probably my favorite season I've watched in a long time. It flew by faster than any season that I could ever remember. Just Benedict, I talked about it earlier. I, I, I think Damon Severson have not looked into it benedict's Uh, question is who do you think they should get to be nurse's partner we did cover that slightly earlier on damon seriously but i don't know anyways um (laughs) you know it's been fun been fun i could not ask her about it i got to live my dream this year i got paid to watch the edmonton oilers so i've never been happier this is uh this has been a blast for me it's it's been crazy man and obviously a lot of love to avery uh avery who's just been bouncing back and forth zach we've been working like you know uh, about half of the regular season games and then a lot of the playoff games avery he the man does not stop he's he's working on the away games on game over edmonton he's working the home games for the hockey news over at rogers place uh it is insane to think that we have done oh my god my math is is failing me 82 plus 6 plus 6 i i 82 plus 6 plus 86 plus 12 88 over 86 plus 12 that's 96 plus 2 that's 98 carry the one um it's it's been an amazing season however many games it has been uh we we don't know when the next game will be it'll be sometime in october we don't know who will be an oiler who won't be an oiler but we know game over Edmonton will be back. Thank you so much for this great season guys. And uh, see you in October. See you guys. No more La Bombas from me. No more La Bombas for this season. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.